On the plane back from Israel, I was uh, trying to, I, I got bored and uh, the, the Wi-Fi on the plane was in app. I started cleaning up my phone because I, you know, I took a lot of pictures. I didn't know if I'm going to, so I went back to some old voicemails and I have my oldest voicemails from my father. And my father's yard site the, the coming this Sunday. And the voicemail is one of the few times my father screamed at me, especially in a voicemail. Why? Because I sent him a text message. And my father, even though he had an iPhone, he never looked at There's no text message. There's no... And in, in the screaming of the, of the voice, he tells me that, that text messages are going to bring the world to ruin. That's what his message was nine years ago. So I was thinking about it. I said our typical mode today of communication is text message. We communicate more by text message than anything else. But how many times do you have a misunderstanding because of a text message? So I was curious, so I Googled and I saw there were studies done and a third of adults have fallen out of a relationship with someone else because of a misunderstood text message. According to Entrepreneur Magazine, 50% of text messages and emails are somewhat misunderstood in the business world. That's, That's a huge number. And I was looking, even in the way we communicate verbally, it said that 39% misunderstood what someone was saying to them in a, converse, in a short conversation in work because other people were talking or because of background noise or because the people were speaking quietly or because they were talking too fast. So the problem is, how do you communicate properly? How do you really get a message across that you want someone to hear the message? So we read in this week's Perashah, Vayavu Amalek V'yilachem Im Yisrael Berefidim. After we left Egypt, we crossed the sea. Everyone is afraid of us. Comes Amalek out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere, because we weren't coming into their territory. And they come attack B'nai Israel, And it's a huge battle, because we have, Moshe tells Yahushua, go and fight. And really there's no victor. It almost comes to a standstill between the two of them. And it says, when Moshe was lifting his arms, B'nai Israel was winning. And you have Aaron holding one side, Hur holding the other side. And they have this battle with Amalek. And at the end, we're told, you know, we have to remember, we have to fight Amalek. We see again, Amalek's going to attack us in, in Bamidbar. And they dress up like Canaanites so that we don't recognize them. Because they're hoping, we, we, we pray to Hashem to save us from the Canaanites. And really it's the Amaleks. And our prayer is not going to work. Because we're confusing who's coming to get us. We see also Haman is a descendant of Amalek. And his goal is what? To destroy every single Jew on the face of the earth. That was his goal. So it's no surprise that they compare the Yemach Shemam, the, the Germans, to the, to the people of Amalek. And say, had we destroyed Amalek, you wouldn't have had all of the tragedies that we had through the generations. And the pity is that Amalek could have been crushed. Shaul HaMelech had the opportunity to literally wipe out Amalek completely, and he neglected. How did he neglect to wipe them out? He let the king live, and not only let the king live, he let the animals live. And some of the rabbis say, how did Amalek come back? They hid themselves within the animals. That's why they were able to, uh, that's why there was the commandment to, 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 to destroy all the animals. So now we have, we have really this commandment to destroy Amalek, and it seems to be, of all the commandments we have in the Torah, perhaps this is the clearest one. And if you see the pasuk, it's very interesting. Adonai el Moshe. Hashem tells Moshe, Ketov zot zikaron basefer. Write this down as a remembrance in the book. So the first way I'm going to tell you to know what you have to do to Amalek is what? 
you're going to write down specifically what you have to do. And then what? Vesim be'oznei Yehoshua. And place it in the ears of Yehoshua. Ki macho amalek mitachar says, so Moshe is told not only to write it down, he's told also to tell to Yehoshua. Why both things? Why is he told to write it down and place it in the ears of Yehoshua? Normally we have Torah Torah one way or the other. Why do we have in this case both? The Torah hardly tells him, but it says this is so important that a person has to know. So I, I heard a story from a friend of mine. His name is Rabbi Mordechai Kamenetsky. It's a true story, and it happens in a civil court in Denver, Colorado. The judge is sitting there, and she notices that on top of the jury, the Venetian blinds, the screws fell out, and the blinds are starting to fall on top of the jury. But someone is giving testimony, and she doesn't want to interrupt the testimony, but she wants to make sure that this, the, the Venetian blinds don't fall on the jury in the middle of the trial. So what does she do? She doesn't want to interrupt, so she calls over the court, uh, her court assistant, and she motions him over, and she writes a note, and she hands the note. The, the, the guy looks at the note, and he runs out of the courtroom to get assistance. Minutes later, there's an ambulance, and there's paramedics running into the courtroom, and they're there to treat a stroke victim. The judge looks and says, what's going on? Why are you here? Why are you bothering me? Why do you think I had a stroke? And the court officer hands her the note and it says, blind on the right side, send for immediate assistance. He's saying the blind is, well, she's saying the blind is falling down. He's assuming, what are you saying? The blind. Instructions, uh, instructions, Rabbi Kamenetsky says that deal in life or death can be easily misconstrued. Wars have been fought, lives have been lost, he says, the nations defeated due to misinterpretations. He says that why it's so crucial when it comes to destroying Amalek is that we have to make sure the message is clear. And the only way you make sure the message is clear is to put it in writing and to say it. Any time that we have, it's good advice to us to follow, especially in business. Whenever we have a conversation with a client, we always have to make sure, what do we do? We follow up and say, for good order's sake, I want to confirm our conversation as follows. Because if you don't put it in writing after and confirm the verbal, you're totally lost. The Torah is teaching us a lesson in our lives. If we want to make sure a communication is going to get through and try, totally understood, make sure it's clear, make sure it's written, and make sure it's said. Because both ways are the only way it works. Baruch